Hey guys, and welcome to Quality Shot. And I'm extremely excited to be joined by Craig Viner from Baseline Tennis and also, of course, a tennis analyst in his own right as well. We're going to be talking about the serve evolution of Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal. And we're going to be going into that in detail, looking at it from a more mechanical and analytical point of view. Uh, Craig, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you on and, of course, your expertise as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to getting into this. Uh, so I think, first of all, we'll touch upon on Novak Djokovic. A lot of people, I'm sure, watching will know that his serve has notably improved over the past or over the past few years. And really, now we want to delve into it from a more mechanical point of view uh, mm. and look into it. Craig, from a... I guess if we try and break it down from the take back, uh, it's, that seems to be something that has definitely, uh, I think, it's definitely evolved over the past few years. Um, how's it changed in the past few years? Yeah, it's um, first of all, his his serve is really underrated. You know, <laughs> he's uh, you can only be the number one in the world on the men's side if you've got a good serve and yeah. we don't he's not necessarily the first player who comes to mind if we think of someone who's got a great serve so um there's plenty of videos out there of kind of the evolution of his serve and i think it's fascinating first of all to see that the marginal gains that he's he's willing to make um quite drastic though some of the changes he's made over over the years and and obviously we've been very fortunate that he's been at the top of the game for so long so he's been in the spotlight so we've got plenty of kind of footage and match play and stats to kind of analyze i guess the, the obvious one as you said as you rightly said was is in his take back um he kind of seemed when he kind of first came on the scene and we were starting to watch him a lot in kind of 2005 that he had this big kind of open broad-shouldered take back and the main thing from from my perspective kind of as, a, as an analyst and also as a coach is is what I kind of call the inversion of the racket when it goes from kind of the strings or the frame pointing towards the floor kind of with the racket head above the handle kind of in this situation to then to then flipping it to inverting to then send it over um that's that's obviously now it's quite short his motion and you can kind of mm. tell that his his wrist is really 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 relaxed uh but when he first came on the scene it was this kind of broad take back um and his strings would kind of face up so he'd do he could kind of do this kind of motion during his take back almost lifting his arm to get to this position um and and that's that put a lot of strain on his on his shoulder and obviously his elbow which he's had lots of problems with so I'd say fundamentally that's that's the main thing and I can kind of go into why he'd want to change that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm assuming it sounds like it's just made it more compact, right? And so obviously you just mentioned less strain on the body. So it's just, I'm assuming it gives you more control as well, having a, a, that type of take back as well. Yeah, that that's kind of the kind of the main thing. He was watching early footage. He was almost slapping the ball. If you kind of think of kind of a... a a cricket bowl it was almost kind of that where your your arms almost fully extended and you're coming over um and that'll happen if you have this big kind of broad take back it'll feel like you're you're slapping the ball a bit sorry i i have to be quite animated no it's all right no it's well, good it's good this, this works way better than a podcast otherwise all this motion would be would be for, <laughs> for, for no reason but it works on video so i was almost tempted to get my racket but i thought that might be a bit <laughs> um 
but yeah exactly so uh a lot of a lot of the serve is actually kind of a lot of the manipulation of the ball happens just before impact and is very kind of wrist orientated uh but he's limit he used to limit himself because of his broad and, and long take back it meant that when he came up to contact the ball he was actually quite limited in what he could do um he was kind of kind of rotating a lot because he was his take back was very broad than when he had come around the ball um so yeah i, th I think it actually has really helped kind of his his disguise for one um i think his ball toss has changed ever so slightly as well he used to kind of set the ball up almost kind of john McEnroe style out to the out towards the the tram line whereas now he's kind of his left arm dissects the baseline so the ball's more in front of him and that that'll help with you know a wrist snap through the ball rather than feeling like you're bowling around it so um yeah that's obviously helped with with strain on the body um but yeah his ability to be able to disguise the ball more of a compact ball toss um yeah it's been it's been really interesting and it just the main the main the main thing is him being able to stay relaxed during a surf because mm. when, whenever i'm coaching i always like to think of like um like uh use the analysis of or you want to be like a whip and how everything's kind of loose but then it straightens at the right time and you get that crack um and and that happens now with djokovic's serve and it and it was a bit more of kind of a an elongated kind of slapping of the ball rather than a rather than a nice quick action so yeah lots of reasons why he was why he's changed and it's been really interesting to see the progression and how where he's tried to change things there was a kind of a period in 2009 where it was kind of a hybrid of both and it looked very kind of awkward um but uh but yeah yeah and no, i i definitely agree with the relaxation in the serve because I, i'd assume that and it probably makes a lot of sense that because he was a lot more rigid especially in his wrists that he ended up slapping the ball because uh someone who i uh, played quite a lot of tennis not obviously at the level that we're talking about but um you know when you know when you feel tense and you're serving you feel the difference for sure um mm. you know, and you just need to always tell yourself to relax uh, relax, relax your wrist um, and in your body as well, so it's not rigid. And the whip analogy is really good, actually. I um, might we'll have to use that <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but that's a really, really good way of putting it. To be fair, um, yeah, you said obviously you know about the ball toss as well. Um, has that changed at all in terms of height? Do you think, or is it just more a case of you said about direction and, and giving himself? I guess you said that before he was more tossing it towards the tram lines. Now mm. it's a bit more. I guess forthright towards the baseline, like that baseline better. Sorry, mm. which I'm assuming is better for one his serve volley aspect, which is definitely coming to play more so in the well the past year or so, uh, and also just in terms of momentum as well, uh, and helping him gain a couple of MPH on the serve as well. Yeah, but by placing the ball. By starting with the ball more in front of you, almost at like forty-five degrees, with your yeah. arm pointing towards the the net post, then then straight away, first of all, for peripheral, you can see your you can see your opponent. You're not having your back to them so much. So in terms of, um, you know, anticipating where they're where they're moving or where their starting position is, that that's a key. Um, you're so right with regards to serve and volley your body's now moving into the cord a little bit more uh, it does gives you more miles per hour because you've got more body weight behind the ball uh you're throwing that ball up in front of you and then what i call chasing after it so not only are you jumping up like you 
probably previously was, but now you're jumping up and out, so forwards towards the ball. Um, if you time your rotation well, then your hips will be towards the ball as you strike it. Um, so, yeah, lo lots of different reasons. But I, I think the main thing is when you change the, uh, your kind of take back and how long kind of your surf takes, then you have to adjust the height of your ball toss. If you've got a long, elongated take back, and you have a short ball toss, then all of a sudden your rhythm of your serve is going to change. If you if you have a, a more compact serve preparation like he does now, kind of getting into his loading phase, then you need a, a slightly lower ball toss because you don't want to be waiting in your, what we call the loading position, kind of with your arm raised and your elbow tucked. You don't want to be waiting there and then you lose yeah. all your momentum. So because the first part of his serve has changed, his ball toss has to accommodate. And I wouldn't, I'd never say a lower ball toss uh, or lower his ball toss. I'd say the, the opposite almost. If you have a long elongated serve take back phases, then your ball toss needs to be higher. Um, yeah. So yeah, part, part of that is, is for efficiency as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess also in terms of repetition as well, uh, for sure, if it's more compact, then I'll, I'd assume that that helps um, him be able to you know, gain that muscle memory and also then implement it in matches. Mm. Uh, you talked about the loading phase. Uh, mm. Has anything changed on that on that front, do you think, from, from his point of view? Has he made any tweaks? Um, so his, his elbow, because... Um... Yeah, kind of the early early stages of his career when he was when he was bringing that arm all the way back, kind of opening his chest. It meant that his elbow was quite low because he was getting his chest up to the ball to, to reach up to it. Now, because he's a bit more kind of uh, central in his in his in his stance, because his elbow is a lot more close, he's more stacked. So when he jumps up to the ball, it's more of kind of uh, like a triple extension. I always like to think of like a rocket, kind of blasting off you know you have okay. phase one phase two phase three and it's all very kind of upwards and out if you have this wide elbow then you've got a, you've got a wider base so in terms of jumping up to the ball you're you're less efficient so yeah his his shorter take back has obviously affected his elbow position which means he can come up and out to that ball a lot quicker with a lot more snap mm, that makes a lot of sense uh, one thing that i i noticed i don't know if if it's something that again it might be to do with the take back and, and the loading phase is it almost seems that he is a little bit more upright mm. if that makes sense while when he's serving um and, and i'm assuming that by being more upright uh, and in the past it looked like almost he was kind of bending the knees a lot and then kind of going up he's almost working against gravity and he's kind of taking away some of his advantages as well with his height i'd assume right is that correct am i correct in thinking that yeah, because he had a slightly wider base, he'd yeah. have to. Yeah, there would it'd have to be more of a load to get up to it. Um, in terms of, you know, thinking of, you know, sheer mass, he was a bit two-dimensional. Uh, now he's a bit more three D with being able to kind of corkscrew up to the ball. Um, you know that that motion of of up and out rather than if you've got a wider base then you've got to work a lot harder to get up to that ball. You've got to bring your your feet closer together first before then moving up and out. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's it's fascinating. Uh, necessarily what goes on behind the scenes and, and the reasonings for it uh, could be different. Um, a lot of it is 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 injury or, you know, my shoulder feels sore, my elbow feels sore, my wrist feels sore, um, you know. I can't imagine playing five hours of tennis at the Australian <laughs> Open, and and and, and the, it's got to come down to efficiency. 
yeah. a lot of a lot of these changes and and people do get get hung up on the ball toss quite a lot yeah. um but ultimately how how you're throwing the ball up will um why you make changes to that is is just to get more consistency with where you're placing the ball um so yeah no it's a good it's, yeah good observation no, no, I, yeah, agreed. Uh, efficiency is definitely the right word, I think, for Noah Djokovic as well, to be fair. Everything uh, in his game and how he's evolved seems to be through uh, trying to improve efficiency in his game and obviously longevity. And we've seen that. I think the serve is a really good example of that. Obviously, I think, you know, I, we talked off camera and I said to you that, you know, I've ne I'd never ever seen him serve the most amount of aces in a grand slam in his whole mm. career. Um, mm. And as you said, it is an underrated tool for sure, but it's not one that you, uh, as you said, represent with, uh, you know, for example, John Isner, Roger Federer, you know, a serve where he's putting down all of aces um, in large quantities per match, uh, whereas mm. Australian Open, I think he served over 100 aces last year uh, in 2021 uh, in that tournament, which was definitely um, a staggering stat at the time. And I just thought, wow, okay. Uh, and you then start seeing, I guess, you you know, we we talk about, so what, from 2005, you said, until now, so 16-year period where he's continually made tweaks. Mm. Um, and you see the fruits of his labor in the last few years now, and, and it starts showing very prominently, um, not just in, in his games where I'm assuming, you know, you can see that, of course, but uh, in the stats as well, which makes, obviously, then, you know, raises eyebrows and says, "Oh, hold mm -hmm. on, what's he doing?" So, well, yeah. also just 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 on that quickly, with with a more compact surf, you're also giving your opponents less time to kind of read your surf. If you've got a, a higher ball toss, or and your ball toss is kind of varying from over your left shoulder to over your right shoulder, then that's giving your opponents more time. I think one of the reasons Andy Roddick's serve was was so effective is how kind of short and sharp the action was. It was kind of the from the start of his serve to when that ball shot past you it was you know relatively minimum um and obviously the the more compact your serve is the kind of less things there are to go wrong <laughs> um i kind of always thought of of thomas burditch and sharapova with their with their higher ball toss and that ball toss is falling for for such a long time you have to time it so well because that ball is then accelerating down towards you um so yeah, I think it's definitely helped his his numbers on serve just by just by shortening the overall time it takes for him to execute his serve. Yeah, I mean, a lot more moving parts, I'd assume, right? With the, obviously, uh, which is what it sounds like uh, he had originally um, when he first came onto tour, and it seems like now there's less of that. So I guess yeah, we're talking about the efficiencies, right? And it makes a huge amount of sense that he's gone to that. Um, is there anything else in terms of? I guess components to his serve that you know you've noticed o over the years that he's, I guess, tweaked to uh, gain those efficiencies. Yeah, I think the the obvious thing is is how deliberate he is now when he starts his serve with this kind of relaxed wrist. He almost does it deliberately, uh, and it's something that I'm sure we're going to go and talk about in a minute. And it's something that Nadal's adopted as well. Uh, if you're kind of over gripping the racket. Uh, then you're not going to get that final kind of whip effect that I talk about. Whereas if your wrist is nice and almost limp and nice and relaxed, uh, almost as if you were holding the racket with with three fingers instead of all five, then then you can get the racket dip and you can get a nice kind of snap and pop through the ball as you as you hit it. And and that's that's the first thing that people will see. 
when he steps up to serve, how how deliberately he now relaxed that wrist. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's so key to anyone out there looking to to improve a little bit of Mars Prow on their serve. Uh, just make sure you're nice and relaxed. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. It really is. I can, I can speak from experience as well, just from obviously a club level. But yeah, it, it makes a huge amount of difference. And he, as you said, it you can see it's so deliberate with Djokovic and everything just seems so relaxed. So mm. um, yeah, just really, really uh, just fluid, I think, is the right word for it um, in his service action now. And it just seems effortless almost, mm-hmm. uh, which is... I guess how you wanted to be and obviously that's the same type of attribute that was attributed to roger federer and has been for a number of years is how effortless the serve looks and i feel like Djokovic has now got to that stage where you know as you said less moving parts are now definitely um very efficient um in, in the way that he serves um uh, that's a really really good point uh, is there anything else uh, before we move on to obviously nadal and, and his tweak is there anything mm-hmm. else that you can think of that maybe he he has made changes to that are definitely have had the effect uh, or a po- positive or negative to be fair i think most of it is positive from what we've been discussing to be fair i think it all sounds good but um yeah anything else to touch upon yeah i, I suppose with uh he's always had a great kind of like a, a finishing position so kind of ball ball tuck his kind of arm tucks up and under the ball and he's always been quite packed in uh, quite compact in the way he lands as well um and obviously if if it's winning a lot of first serve points is also to do with how well you hit your first strike after your first serve so uh we actually did a video on baseline about Sitsipas and how he struggles more so on the on the ad side than juice because of how he lands um and Djokovic has always had great fundamentals when it comes to his first step after his serve um he's got he's worked on that a little bit with regards to to how he lands and how wide his wide his hips are if you land and you're very narrow then obviously you're gonna have to or you're more likely to have to take a balance step after you land whereas if you land and you're kind of wider then you're then you're already in a split step position or you can take a little adjustment to, to split step and then you're ready for your for your first shot after serve and and again i would i'm actually watching a lot of youtube videos they kind of cut away from from that before you see the impact or the full impact that it has on their first shot after first serve um and that's one of the things that, that throwing the ball toss in front of you a little bit more will do. You'll land more inside the court and you'll have your hips and shoulders facing facing your opponent rather than to the side. So you're ready, you're more naturally in a in a more balanced position, ready to reset and, and hit your first shot after serve. So he's always he's always been good at that, but he, he's worked a little bit on on his balance. Well, that's a really good point. Yeah, from what, I, I, from what I can see, obviously I don't know the ins and outs of <laughs> of, uh, of their training camp, but uh, but yeah, he's 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 so balanced and and such an athlete as well, that, and so flexible. Uh, but the way he really tucks as he lands, I definitely encourage people to kind of to kind of try and replicate that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sounds like obviously, well, it definitely would help in terms of one plus shot being in that split step. Um, or or something similar to as you said uh, for sure and and I think that you don't normally see him to be fair actually uh, off the top of my head obviously we've seen a lot of matches and I'm sure there are instances but there's not many instances where there's you know a forehand coming out of his toes and you just think and he really really struggles to get into the right position he might hit it long he might hit it wide but in terms of actually being in the right position mm. to hit that one plus shot he's in that He's normally in that position, mm. uh, which I guess then attests to what you were saying about 
the fact that he is so good in terms of his landing um, mm. phase after serving, which people, as you said, don't really place a huge amount of importance on. But mm. of course, it is important because once you, you, know, you can hit, you can hit a great serve, it doesn't mean it's not coming back at you. And then it's about how you prepared for it. So absolutely, and sometimes the the harder you hit your serve, the quicker it comes back. So even more important, you need that balance position needs to be, or your reset position after your serve. And and majority of points, as we know, I think it's seventy percent are over in zero to four shots. So actually, when you look at someone's first serve kind of win percentage. Uh, actually, it's just as important their their first shot after first serve. So you could actually take some miles per hour off your serve in order to get a more balanced kind of position after you've landed, and that would be just as important, if not more important, than than getting you know two miles an hour more on your serve. Um, if you if you kind of negate your kind of landing position after your serve in favour of a few more miles per hour, I'd say you know you're doing it the wrong way around. Mm. No, agreed. Agreed, hundred um, percent. UK to move on to Nadal. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah let's go for it. Just wrapped yeah. up fifteen years in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've yeah. definitely undersold all the work that's gone into his uh, into his <laughs> game. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's probably worth noting as well that I think since obviously he's worked with Boris Becker and Ivanisevic, who are both amazing servers historically. That's I think true. There's probably a reason why he's brought those people in uh, because that was the part of his game that he knew that if he could improve that to a certain level mm. uh, from a long longevity point of view as well, shorten points, serve volley more, uh, which is something that people didn't, you know, associate with Djokovic at all, then it would That's, help. And I think he's it's right. A, it's, a, it's a great point. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really good point. And 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 even Isovic was was great at the kind of the final phase just before he contacted the ball kind of wrist manipulation and what he was doing you know just before i've heard a lot of kind of coaches and, and people talk about in order to slice the ball you throw the ball wider so you can come around it whereas that that's not the case anymore you know <laughs> it's all to do with how you throw the ball up and how you approach the ball with your racket and then it's the last minute kind of wrist manipulation through the ball and that's something that that Goran's definitely worked on with with Djokovic and it and it means he's got great disguise um and he can he can hit a flat ball slice ball kick well kick not so much you have to throw it slightly further behind you but he's he's been able to adapt his his serve by having a more consistent ball toss and it's all to do with a more compact take back so uh so yeah it's working well but uh we'll have to wait a few more weeks to see him in action yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, thank you very much, Craig. I do appreciate it. Do you want to shout out um, your, well, based on tennis and anything else that you're working on that people might be interested in? Yeah, of course. So uh, check out Baseline Tennis. Uh, we're on YouTube as well as uh, socials. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we've got lots of videos. I think we were up 91 videos. Um, our latest one is on actually the slice in tennis and how it's Ashley Barty and Berrettini. Actually, it was my own voice, my own bit of work, uh, obviously uh, looking at how the slice has evolved and how it's not just a defensive shot uh, and how these two kind of have, have reinvented the slice. Uh, it's really interesting, something you think... Um, it's just a defensive shot. It's actually how they use it as kind of a counter-punching play. Um, so it's, that's my interpretation on how these two players use it. Um, so, yeah, check it out, Baseline Tennis on, on YouTube and socials. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I saw that actually. Really interesting, um, for sure. Thanks. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really good. Cool. Thank you very much, Craig. I do appreciate it, guys. Uh, please do remember to like the video if you don't mind, and subscribe to the channel if you're interested to see more content like this. And of course, uh, do check out Baseline Tennis as well. Some fantastic videos, as Craig just mentioned. Of course, uh, thank you. Stay safe and well, and we'll see you on the next video. Thank you very much.